Glory to God. I'm so thankful for the impartations I've received over the years. Uh, without those impartations, I wouldn't be able to do the things. You know, we receive impartations different ways. Of course, uh, primarily we're going to receive impartations through the Word of God and the direction of the Lord, and I'm so thankful for that. But there's other giftings. There's other things that God develops in the body and uh, uh, for us to, uh, uh, you know, to partake of. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, if you don't know what all that is, don't feel bad. You know, the Bible tells us that we are to lay hands on people for various reasons. And that's, uh, there, there's a, a thing called impartation, which is, is quite literally, it's just something that's transferred from one place to another. Uh, you can't uh, necessarily see it, although sometimes you can feel it. But impartations are important. They help us to grow. Amen? Uh, you can look at impartations sort of like vitamins. You know, if you eat something, uh, you know, you eat something that's good for you, it might taste good to you and you like it, so you eat it. But you don't always see that there's things that are happening on the inside of you from eating those good things. We call those things nutrients and vitamins and all that other stuff. And nutrients are good because they, 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 without nutrients, they, the body can't, um, uh, the body can't uh, uh, build itself and be what it's supposed to be. In fact, you know, nutrients have a lot to do with you know, uh, overcoming sickness and avoiding sickness and things like that. And so uh, all of these things, you know, of course, they work with other things as well. I'm not going to try to get all scientific on you because I'm not, but, but <clears throat> we understand. But, the, you know, you, you, the, the, the idea of what I'm talking about is that when you eat something, you have things imparted to you that you don't even see, and they change on the inside of you. They change things. Well, the same can happen with us spiritually. Glory to God. And of course, we know that all things in the spirit will affect things in the natural. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But so, hallelujah. I've, I've, I've had a week of, of, of impartations, which is always good. And so I'm, I'm back here ready to, to impart glory to God through the word. My wife, is, it was, she said it so beautifully when she talked about, you know, what you receive in the pulpit doesn't just come from me. It comes from all the people before me that have gone before me, the people that, that run with us, you know, the th people that still impart into us. And then, then also the things that the people that imparted into them. And our legacy goes back, you know, thousands of years, even to the beginning of time. Time. And so we're so thankful for that. And we don't want to uh, quickly forget that. You know, um, one of the things when you're, when, when you're a youth, it's easy to do is to think, well, your parents don't know anything. Your grandparents don't know anything. You know, nobody before you knew anything. Only you know, because, you know, you're, you're, you're fresh and, you, and those people are just stale and old. But the truth of the matter is, 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 is that's not true. And uh, uh, that's just a young, dumb thing. And in fact, uh, the, the, the mark of immaturity is the fact that you think you know it all. I've only learned that once you've learned that you don't know anything, are you even ready to do anything? And, and so as a, you know, as a pastor, I, I always, that's one of the things when you have people come to you and there's like, uh, and not so much in this church or whatever, but you have people come, I've seen this over the years, people come say, hey, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm like, no, you're not. You don't know. Because you think you're ready, and so you don't. You're not ready, and I know that because if you thought you were ready, you would. Uh, you, it proves that you don't know anything about where you're going. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, well, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to preach on that today. I got to get another. I got to get out of the introduction of the last two weeks. Amen. <laughs> 
Praise the Lord. We, we've been talking about judging the fruit, but I did tell you I got all year to preach it. I thought I had all year to preach it until I got, started getting all this other stuff. And when I started getting all this other stuff, I'm like, man, I better get caught up on where I'm going because if I don't get caught up on where I'm going, we're not going to get into all the other good stuff that we got. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's a, that's a good pastoral way of just, just keeping you tuned in and, and excited about coming back next week because, you know, you could leave it this week, but you won't know what happens next week. Yeah. Amen? I remember my wife and I were watching a, a, a show. This is early on in our Christian walk. We were watching a show with my, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law, and it wasn't a real good show to watch. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. But there's a lot of bad stuff in the show. But we watched it religiously. Was it What night of the week was it on? Do you remember? It was one night of the week. It was one of the seven days. I can't remember which one of them. But <laughs> we were watching it. Uh, we would go to their house, I think, uh, and we would... Uh, for years, and we watched this this series, and and, and in, especially in the end, and it wasn't because God waited that long, but it seemed like it was at the time. But you know, you grow in spirituality, and so you, as you grow in spirituality, you learn the things that you can and can't watch, and the things that you should and shouldn't partake of. Amen. And so we were watching this show, and we were getting uh, into the last season, you know, and praise the Lord. When we get into the last season, we start getting conviction about watching this show. You shouldn't be watching this show. And like, what do you mean I shouldn't be watching this show? But that's the direction we started getting. And, 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 and we let it go and let it go and let it go. And finally, it was the season finale of the end of the show. So it was the last of the last of the last, right? And we got all the way up into that episode, and our conscience would not let us finish. It would not let us finish. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Have you ever done anything like been, been sold out to a show for years? It's just like where you watch it like every single time it comes on and you, you know what I'm talking about? And, and that's where we were at and it was like in our spirit we were like you can't go further. This is as far as you can go. If you go any further, you are going to be in complete and utter sin. Praise the Lord. And we're like, really, God, here? Really? We couldn't just start this before the next show, you know? But praise the Lord, that's the way it was. And so... Uh, well, <laughs> she doesn't know how it ended. <laughs> I, I did lots of asking. I, 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 I couldn't, maybe couldn't watch it, but uh, uh, <laughs> I just said, hey man, I had to know. I'm <laughs> just telling you the truth. I'm glad one of us and those are the principles we bring to church. <laughs> well, at least if one of us obeys. Years ago. Yeah, this is like 17 years ago. <laughs> Glory to God. I waited 16 years to finish watching it, but uh, uh, just kidding. That's just a joke. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, but you know, as things go on, they do show, they do, they do, and people on YouTube and stuff, they do create highlight reels where you don't have to watch the whole thing. You can just see what, wow. That, that's, a, that's a cheat for you. Just, yeah, just kidding. But today's message is judging by fruit part three. Amen. I don't know if you remember, I started judging by the fruit part one. I started, uh, uh, the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, we we're going to talk about love. And of course, I, I kind of talked about it, but never got into it. I'm hoping to get into that today because I would like to get into some of the fruit. Uh, uh, what the fruits of the Spirit are. And of course, that's what we're talking about, the fruits of the Spirit. The only way to really measure our life and to know whether or not we're doing well is by the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? 
Praise the Lord. How do you judge if you're spiritual? By the fruits of the Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and there is some discerning there in those things, but we need to learn them and we need to get acquainted with them. Because once we do, it really makes, when we are, we're acquainted with what the fruits of the Spirit are, if we just start there, it makes living life so much easier. Instead of going around saying, ah, am I wrong? Am I right? Am I in the right place? Am I figuring out the right things? Am I, you know, knowing what, you know, how am I doing as a Christian? Instead of, instead of walking around always trying to figure that out, is this thing, you know, I seem to be picking this thing up in my spirit. Like, this is direction. Is this, is this direction from God? How can I know? How do I even know God? How do I know God's voice? How can I hear from God? All these questions can all be answered <clears throat> through understanding the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And we'll, we'll talk more about that as we go. But we're going to start, the first few scriptures we're going to start with, I'm not even going to have you turn there, because if I have you turn there, it's going to take extra time. So I haven't pulled up, but we have been in them already. So we're going to start this off with Matthew 7 and verse 20. <clears throat> you write them down, look at them later if you want. There's nothing wrong with that, and you should do that. Amen? It says, so then you will know them by their fruits. Glory to God. Of course, this is uh, talking about, uh, you, you know, uh, teachers of, of, of the word or teachers of religion or however you want to look at that. People that come, uh, come to you teaching different things. One of the things that you can uh, uh, know them by is their fruits, of course. And I do believe that this is a reference to the fruits of the Spirit. Because if a spiritual person has the fruits of the Spirit, then if someone doesn't have the fruits of the Spirit, what, is, what are they not? They're not a spiritual person. Yeah, it's, it's that easy. And so how can you know if somebody is speaking according to the, 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 the Word of God or the direction of God? Well, the first thing that they have to exhibit in their lives are the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Glory to God. We have to see these things active in their lives. Actually, we can judge all things out of those fruits. And so we, we know that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different, um, uh, I, I don't often, I, I listen to a lot of different ministers in a lot of different places. And oftentimes, I will never share with my congregation different things I've listened to specifically. I won't tell you I listened to this person or that person. And why won't I do that? Because I know that I have learned to discern to how to hear from people and to hear if certain people are on or certain people are off. I can even listen to somebody that, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I've, I've learned enough about it to keep me safe and to keep you safe. That's why I'm a pastor, amen? But uh, people don't always have that same discernment. If you don't spend the time I do or any other minister who should, uh, ministers should spend time in the Word and prayer and seeking God and all these different things, if you don't have the time to do all that or do it the way that they do, you're probably going to miss things. And so I don't always do that. I don't always share, but I listen to a lot of different perspectives, and I listen to it purposefully. Sometimes I personally, and I would never suggest this for my people, but I personally will listen to perspectives that are opposite of what I believe. And the reason that I do that is to hear what they're saying. But what I found is because I have the fruits of the Spirit active in my life because I, I, I spend time with the Lord, I spend time in the Word, uh, that the Lord always answers, and so I always have an answer for those things. Amen? Uh, and, and so th that's something that has been built up in me over the years, and I, I truly appreciate that. But also, I don't just listen for myself, but I submit things to people that are over me. I submit things to people that, that know more than I do. Glory to God. I submit things to people that are more spiritual than me, so I don't don't just go running on something with, with just because I have an idea of it. And that keeps me safe. It keeps you safe. Amen? Praise the Lord. But I was thinking about this time. I was listening to this man. This man is a very well-known minister, a very well-respected minister. 
And I knew that he is very against some of the things that we believe. And so I kind of wanted to hear what he had to say about some of this stuff, so I tuned into him one time. Uh, and, and I truly tuned into him without a heart of judgment against him because I was actually going to look and see if, if he had some valid points that I could uh, debunk some of the things I believe. I, that's kind of the point I was going at it from. So you understand, I wasn't going at him from a, a, a skeptical standpoint. I just wanted to hear what the man had to say. But you know, in the first few seconds of him speaking, I could see that, that though he might love the Lord, though he might have a love for people, and though he's devoted himself to God, um, that there was something off in his spirit. There was something that was wrong in what he was saying. And it wasn't even because what he was saying was wrong. I wasn't even judging that. I couldn't get past the spirit that was emanating out of him. And so, you know, we can, we, can, we can learn the Lord in such a way, we can learn what God wants to do in such a way that we can hear just in the inflections in someone's voice. We can hear in the way that they speak to you. We can hear the way. So many times the Lord has discerned things in my heart that people have spoken to me. I, he's let me know things about people that I could have never known just simply in the, way, in, in, in the spirit of the matter that came out of it. Now, the Bible talks about this, that there's a spirit of things, you know. There, there's a, a spirit behind different things, and that doesn't mean that there's always an entity about it, but there's, a, there's kind of an, an error. But have you ever walked into a room and everybody was smiling, but you knew everybody wasn't happy? Yeah. You ever had that happen? Yeah. What is that? That's the spirit of the room, yeah. right? Have you ever, you know, somebody was saying something to you, they were saying all the right things, but you were like, mm, no, there's something, you know, there's something not right. There's something off about this. That's the spirit of the thing. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that, although there can be a spirit behind it, uh, meaning an actual being that's, that's manipulating them and feeding them things and stuff like that. That's why the world, you know, the world doesn't know this. And that's why we have to give the, the world some room. You know, even, even you know, you, like say, take a politician, you hear a politician get up there and say it's a completely opposite of the things that you believe, right? So it's a politician on the other side of the fence. And, and, and they're saying things and they're just like, they're just ranting and they're going and you're just like, this is so stupid, they're so stupid, da-da-da-da-da and all this stuff. See, the thing is you have to realize sometimes there's a spirit behind that and sometimes they don't even know it. Sometimes they're yielding to what they think is right because it came from inside them, but they don't realize that it was demonically led from the inside of them. And so we even have to have, we even have to have, praise the Lord, we even have to have grace for our president, whoever our president is, and especially this president. Glory to God. I know that's not popular in Christian circles, but you have to have grace because he doesn't speak from a place of just his, always his own desire, or many politicians don't. They speak from a place of being manipulated or controlled by evil spirits. And we have to understand that. In fact, we've had presidents in recent times, uh, praise the Lord, and, and, and don't try going to guessing which one it is, but there was, there was a pres president in recent times that, w that was fully possessed by the devil. And, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can that be so? Well, the Bible says it can be so. Well, if the Bible says it can be so, it certainly happened before. <clears throat> a lot of times people, you know, they just, if they say the right things, they do the right things, or they just learn to, to speak in such a way. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. People don't always realize where, where that comes from. So we have to understand. And, and the Bible tells us anyways over there in Ephesians uh, 6.12, it tells us that our fight is not against flesh and blood. So our, you know, you know, even with each other, we want to make sure that as we as we deal with each other, we understand, you know, how we're dealing with them. 
uh, praise the Lord. Uh, we had an example this morning. I, I, I did something, it, completely uh, not planning to, but I said so, so, uh, saying something to my wife, and I realized afterwards that I had it got her a little bit worked up, not mad, but just a little worked up, you know, just like, uh, you know, like a little stress. I stressed her out and something. I said, any husbands ever do that before? Yeah. I'm not the only one. And, and then I realized as I stepped away, because I stepped away and I got back into the word because I was just, just refreshing myself about getting into the message. And of course, we're talking about love and, you know, it says love doesn't behave rudely. And all of a sudden I heard my spirit, that was rude. <laughs> and so I opened the bathroom door. My wife was in the, the bedroom. I was in the bathroom. I opened the bathroom door and I said, hey, I'm sorry, that was rude. <laughs> she said, She's like, she kind of laughed, she chuckled. But see, to recognize those things, see, even in a, a moment, we can be, uh, you know, operating in the wrong, uh, kind of the wrong motives of the wrong heart just because of, uh, of whatever. It doesn't really matter, you know, and sometimes we don't even, but that's why we have to be quick to forgive, but also quick to repent. Amen? Uh, that's why pride, pride will keep you from repenting. I don't know why I'm on this. Pride will keep you from repenting to one another. Pride will always make you have to be right. Praise the Lord. Even when you are right. Listen, even, in, even when you are right, sometimes you don't have to be right. Yeah. And what I mean by that is even when you are right, sometimes just to be kind, just to be loving to someone else, you can yield that and just say, you know what? It doesn't matter to me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's how you have good marriage. That's how you have good friendships. That's how you become a good church member. That's how you do all things well. Praise the Lord. You yield yourself to another. Amen? Well, I'm just preaching my message before I even get there. Hallelujah. We got to get in order here, though. <clears throat> so then you will know them by their fruits. Remember, I shared this quote with you last week. Fruit is the identifying feature of the tree. In other words, if you look at the tree, you see apples, you know it's a apple tree. Real simple, right? If you look at the tree and you see oranges, you know it's an orange tree. You know, uh, fruit can also be in leaves. You can see leaves. Uh, leaves, you know, an oak tree and a maple tree are very easily identifiable by their leaves. However, if you were walking through the woods and you, didn't, and you just walked up and you saw the bark of a tree, you might not be able to easily identify it. I remember I was in, uh, uh, you know, I do woodworking and stuff just as a, as a hobby, more or less, and I do it for us, and, uh, but I've done that for years, and years and years and years ago, I went to this mill, and they had these certain boards sitting at this mill, and uh, the, 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 the guy, now this guy deals with wood, all kinds of wood, all the time, so he can look at it, he can tell by the smell, he can tell by the look, he can tell by the way the grain is, he just knows his wood, but he said, we have these boards over here, the one log came in. We have no idea what it is because there was, I think the bark was gone at it or something. They milled it up and nobody could identify what the tree was. They had all the best in the, in the field. Now, of course, probably a scientific test would tell them what it is, but they weren't, you know, that far advanced. It was just a local mill out in, you know, uh, uh, I think it was out in Conowango or something like that. But I said, if, so if you take this to your, because I was talking about my grandpa, my grandpa knew wood, and I said, he said, take this to him, see if he knows, he gave me a little chunk of the wood, and I took it to several woodworkers, and nobody really knew what it was. They knew what it wasn't, but they didn't know what it was. Uh, but, you know, one of the things, if, if, if that had come with its bark on it or its leaves on it, it would have been easily identifiable. Yeah. 
right? And so we know that still, the, the, the same thing, a spiritual life is easily identifiable by the fruit of the Spirit, by the fruits that come out of it, amen? And that's why Jesus said, you will know them by the fruits, amen? So we, uh, but we must understand something. We must understand that our victory in life, okay, why is spiritual life, before I say that, I'm going to say this, why is a spiritual life necessary? So if we understand, if we're living a spiritual life, why does it even matter, right? Uh, why does it matter to be spiritual? Why does it matter to a Christian to be a spiritual Christian? There will be Christians that weren't very spiritual that will be in heaven. Do you know that? There will be. There will be Christians that live on this life as complete Christian duds, but Jesus still lets them in because they got in on a technicality. Right? That'll happen. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of Christians that choose that way. Sometimes those that choose that way, I'm not so sure they will, but uh, yeah, it's between them and God. I don't want to get before Jesus and say, well, okay, congratulations, you made it on technicality. That, that would be awful to hear. I don't want to hear that. Why should it matter, though, for us to live a spiritual life? Because we must understand that if we are going to have victory in this life, Victory in this life only emanates from a spiritual life. Victory only emanates from living spiritually. Truly spiritual. I'm not, when I say spiritual, I'm not talking about somebody who get, gets lots of visions. I'm not talking about somebody who has lots of spiritual feelings. Spiritual feelings mean zero, zippo, zilcho. They mean nothing. Amen? I've had lots of different kinds of feelings over the years. I've had lots of spiritual experiences. In fact, I had a, sp a spiritual experience on, uh, on LSD once. I'm just telling you the truth. It's happened. I've smoked a lot of pot and had a lot of spiritual experience. None of that was godly spiritual experience. Amen? Praise the Lord. I, I, I've drank alcohol and had spiritual experiences. I've had awakenings and, and all kinds of revivings and all kinds of things happen to me under the influence of different drugs. Amen? But that's not good spiritual experience. Amen? Uh, spiritual experience, true godly spiritual experience leads to something that you see before you today. And what I mean is not the man, uh, but the things that are in my life today, the things that I experience today and partake of today because I've, I've learned to live a spiritual life. Now, I'm not saying I'm the pinnacle of spirituality by any means. There are certainly probably people that do way better than me. In fact, I'll just tell you, honestly, at one, one of the points in this, this trip that we just went on, uh, I think it was the last night just before the service, I'm out on the, on the patio by myself looking up to heaven, reconsecrating myself to Jesus, saying, Lord God, because I started getting realization of things. I started getting realization that sometimes the plan is challenging, even when you're spiritual. Even when you want to walk with God, even when you thought that that was exactly what you wanted to do, and then all of a sudden God reveals more of the plan to you, and you're like, oh, now I see why you give it to me in bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Amen? Sometimes the plan, of, or the plan of God will always challenge you. And it was challenging me. It was challenging me to the point of wanting to quit. That's how, how badly it was. But here it is, the last night, and I'm consecrating myself, and I'm so glad that I did. Because as I do that, as I learn to do that, see, walking a spiritual life doesn't mean you're always on board with everything God wants you to do right in the moment. It just means you can get there. Yeah. Amen? And, and, and what I mean by it is because it's the hard things. But it's the hard things that produce. You know, the best example I think we have is the gym. Of course, none of us use it, right? But there's some of us might. But uh, there's a few in here I know that do. Amen? And you can tell. 
probably who they are, but, but uh, you know, it, if you go to the gym, you only get results in the gym. I remember when I went for a short time to Planet Fitness, I started going there, right? And I started going down there and I would go in myself and I would, I would enter in and, and, and I just did what I knew to do. And, you know, I did that for about a month. And you know, nothing happened. There was no change. I didn't feel any stronger. I didn't feel any better about myself other than the fact that I was making myself go to the gym. Well, then after about a month, my wife introduced me to this thing they have called a personal trainer. It was free. She said, you should try this out. I was like, yeah, I don't know. So I went in there and I, I went to use, I signed up because you had to sign up and I went to use this uh, personal trainer, praise the Lord. I was real blessed to find out she was a Christian and, and so that made things go better. And I was in a class with all ladies, which made it weird. But because, <laughs> uh, you know, the first time I went to Planet Fitness, I sat in the parking lot for a half hour talking myself into even going in the building. Because believe it or not, I, I have a little bit of a phobia I deal with and I have to, I, I have to actively overcome it, but I don't like people. I don't like to be around people. I know it sounds strange, but I, I actively have to force myself into situations to be around people. This is an absolute truth, an absolute truth. We have this joke, my wife will we'll be out in public, my wife will talk to anybody. And if she starts talking to somebody and it starts going well, then I'll jump in, right? <laughs> But up until then, I'm, I'm like, everything in me is like, don't go talk to people. We don't need to talk to people. We have no need of this. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> awkward. And I hate, I hate, I hate awkward situations. That's one of the biggest reasons I have a phobia of talking to people, because people do weird things, and they say weird things. And, and when you do or say something weird, it puts me in a position. I'm like, why did you put me in this position? And then I don't want to be in that position, and then I get anxiety, and I just, I want to leave. But the number one way to make yourself vulnerable is to get yourself in some kind of weird gym outfit, and then to go work out in front of a bunch of other people. And of course, none of them really care to look at you. Praise the Lord, but you know how it goes. And so I just, so I had to talk myself into it. And when I say, like, this is no exaggeration. I sat in my car for a good uh, half hour going, you got to go in there. You got to go in there. But I don't want it, but you got to go in there. You got to do it because you got to, okay. So we get through a month of that, and, and, and sometimes we're better than others, and I kind of got into my routine. You know, when you get in a routine, you can kind of do it uh, a little bit easier, and so that's, that's what I started doing. So I got into my routine, and I, 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 I went there for the first time for the class, and signed up, I'm here, you know, I'm Jeff, and oh, great, come on in, and, and you know, and, and, and she starts us. Now, now Hannah, uh, you're super, super sweet uh, woman. She didn't look like the typical... Uh, uh, she, yeah, she, looked, she was just a, looked like a mom, just an average person, didn't look, you know, like, what I mean by that is she didn't look like she was, like, you know, uber, like, you know, in the gym pumping iron. She wasn't like, you know, like, you know, a female Arnold or anything like that. She was just, she just looked normal, you know, but, but she's, she's there, and so I expect that she's the expert, because they put her there, and at some, I know, I couldn't even get qualified to barely use the gym, so, so to be able to teach people how to use it, she had to qualify for something, amen? <laughs> And so the first day, the first day, I'm there, and it's an hour class, an hour-long class, right? And I'm not 20 minutes into this class, and I said, i, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. Uh, and so I, I, I walked out of there. I don't even know if I said anything, actually, because I walked out. And what I, what I did is I went and puked in the bathroom. And I went and did that because she was working me so stinking hard that I couldn't, my body couldn't handle I'm like, I've been here for a month and I ain't felt like this. 
You know what I mean? Am I getting sick? You feel, you know, but it wasn't any of that at all. What was she doing? She was teaching me the right way to do things, yeah. which the only way to get any kind of gain was through the hard work. Yeah. And so sometimes the things that God wants to do and accomplish on this earth, is, it's going to require us, first of all, but it's also sometimes going to require hard work. Sometimes you're going to want to vomit. Sometimes, and you know, it's funny, I came back to try to hide it the best I could, like I just had to pee or something, and she, and she was just like, sure, they knew what I did. And now it's even, okay, well, that's great. I guess I, uh, that's who I am. And, you know, and then she would have me doing exercises at different times, and I'd be, you know, and I'd be like, I can't do anymore. And she was like, oh, no, you got you, you to push through. And see, that's why I learned I cannot do a gym, I can't do workouts unless I have somebody pushing me and shaming me into doing it right. <laughs> Amen. Because the whole thing is, is I just, I just give up. That's what I do. Oh, it's too hard. Well, that's enough for me, you know. And, 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 and she'd keep pushing me. And I just assumed because she was in the expert field that if she was pushing me, my body can handle it, even though I was sure that it couldn't. Yeah. Amen. Spiritual things are much the same way. As we're walking this spiritual life, as we're learning how to do things for the Lord, we need to be pushed. And a lot of times we're going to be pushed into things that don't feel good for us. Things that, that you know what I mean by don't feel good. I'm not saying like, oh, I got an icky feeling about this. This just ain't right. I'm not talking about that kind of feeling. I'm talking about the sense that, you know, man, this is too hard for me. Or I've never done this much before. I've never given this much before of myself or of my money or my time or whatever. I've never pushed it this hard. But, but, but by God, I, I can do it because somebody's pushing me into it. Somebody's helping me with it. And that's what we're doing. Like, if I haven't walked into some of these things, then I could certainly never teach people to. I could never train people to. Amen? And that's why, that's why we always say, if you don't know, if you don't learn how to submit to the hard things, you'll never qualify for the harder things. The harder things being a minister. Because when, when, when you do things like this, you have to be able to deal with the hard things. You have to be able to deal with people you don't like. Praise the Lord. It's just the truth. You have to be able to be able to deal with situations you don't like. The first year of my preaching was full of, of situations I didn't like. And every one of them had to do with preaching. I didn't want to do it. I hated coming. I hated standing in front of people. I hated talking in front of people. I was afraid of it. Every week I was saying, you don't realize for the first probably a year and a half to two years that I pastored every Saturday, I had to go for a drive by myself and pray and seek the Lord to just help me. Get over me. Get over my fears. That was the first couple years of ministry. Every week I prayed to the Lord. I was like, Lord, please, do I really have to do this the rest of my life? I want to be obedient. But he pushed me in the hard areas. See, there was nothing in me that wanted to do it. There was nothing in me that wanted to press through it. To be honest with you, Tuesday nights, nothing in me wants to do it naturally. Nothing in me wants to do it. Because it's an entire day of preparation and attack. And I never really get to come down from the weekend of working. And, and if you don't think that preaching and pastoring two churches, just two services on both Saturday and Sunday is not a difficult thing, brother or sister, you have no idea. You have no idea what it's like. I don't say that to make you feel bad, but I, make it, I, I say this to make you understand. We push through the hard things so we get to the good things. If you don't do the hard things, victory never happens. If you don't push through the hard things spiritually, you'll never get to the hard stuff. Because it's, you know, we see things like laying on hands and that's exciting and that's, you know, simple and that just seems awesome. But you know, that stuff doesn't happen without preparation before. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're talking about fruits of the Spirit. But you know, there's so much in the Spirit right now, it's just got to come out. Amen. Praise the Lord. But it's helping us. It's helping us. Amen.
So we identify the fruit by the tree. That's where we got on. I got on this tangent that took the last half hour. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it wasn't really a tangent. It was just the Holy Spirit. So I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to make light of it. But praise the Lord. We follow the Lord where he, where he takes us. Glory to God. Uh, you know what's interesting is my, my, my wife talked about that message in faith. I turned to her during the message when Reverend Greer was pre preaching. And I said, this is the best message in faith I've ever heard. Best message in faith I've ever heard. But, you know, my wife reminded me later. She's like, you know, he's preached that before. I was like, oh, yeah, I knew that. He's preached that message, but not like that. See, sometimes we think of hearing and hearing and hearing. Oh, we've heard this before. We heard this before. We heard this before. In fact, if you've ever listened to Reverend Greer for very long, all he is is full of the same stories. But this, what's that? Sometimes, yeah, there was a few different ones this time, but you often will hear the same stories. In fact, some of his stories as he's telling them, other people are repeating them. Amen. But you know, there's always things that happen if you listen right. There's always things. And like I said, I got, I, I got set free from things that I have. For years, I wondered about faith, things I, I, I desired to know about faith. And it, it just helped me in that because I heard it again. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So we must understand that our victory in life only emanates from a spiritual life. If you want to be an overcomer, if you want to succeed uh, walking as a Christian, if you want to be victorious, if you want to be that person that, that stands above your issues, your problems, all the things, if you want that in life, the only place that's going to come from is be, uh, living a truly spiritual life. Praise the Lord. It isn't hard, but it is our decision. And it's a decision that we make every single day. It's not a decision you ever, it's not one you make once. It's not like being a Christian. Like, you can decide once that Jesus is, is God, right? And you can be blessed forever for that one decision. You understand that, right? But you decide every single day what you're going to do with that. Every single day. And so some days you wake up, you say, well, I just don't got much of it in me today, and I just can't do much. And some days you wake up, you'll be really excited. But you decide every single day on what you give into it, what you put into it, what you'll get out of it. Because, you know, as we learn, God has already provided everything. Listen to what I'm about to say. God has already provided everything, everything, all, A-L-L, -L, all things that we could either desire, that we could want, that we could need, that we could ask for, that we could dream up. God has already made provision possible for all those things. Already. It is already there. Amen. We access things through, the, uh, through, through living a spiritual life. We access things through faith. We access, and all of these things work together. And of course, we're still doing the introduction. All right, move on, Pastor Jeff. Galatians 5, 22, 25 through 25. Again, we're just going to look at it to put everything in context. But the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. Amen? And we touched on that last week. I just wanted to remind you of what it is. I wanted you to be fresh in your hearing because we're going to see it in a couple other places before we get into the heart of the message. Uh, praise the Lord. So the only way to judge a spiritual life is by what that life produces. Amen? Glory to God. And again, we're going to bring this up. We started here last week. We didn't finish it, but we're going to look at it on the screen. Take note. Look at it later. I highly encourage you to do that because you have more time out of here than I have time in here. Amen. So Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Glory to God. 
And Paul said to the Ephesians, Here, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Now that is a really, really important statement. Walk in a manner worthy. I implore you. So this means that, that maybe some people weren't, some people didn't want to, some people you know, didn't think they could or whatever, or maybe just some people didn't know, but he's imploring people. He's saying, listen, walk in a manner worthy of which you've been called to. Our calling is to the body of Christ. Our calling is to God. If you want to look at that, the calling is to God and that's all that it is. Don't look at your calling as ministry. Don't look at your calling as, oh, I'm called to this and I'm called to that and I'm called to this. No, just be called to God and he'll let you know what you're called to. He'll let you know all the little things that don't matter. What am I called to do tomorrow? It doesn't matter if you're called to God today. Because if you're called to God today, you will get and you follow that path, you will get to where you need to be tomorrow. It's an absolute sure. This is what faith is. Faith is so easy. I said you'll get there. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that was for you too, by the way. You'll get there. Not that you're not anywhere yet, but praise God. God says, Amen? Sometimes the Spirit deals with things during praise the Lord. I don't even know what that's all about, but hallelujah. Anyways, where are we getting to? Amen? Verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, be diligent to preserve, uh, to, to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Does any of this sound like anything we just read in Galatians? It's the same thing. It's just packaging it a different way, right? A slightly different way. But it's the same thing. It's talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Live, learn to live, to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. To exist in the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Verse 4. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you have also been called in one hope of your calling. Glory to God. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Praise the Lord. Uh, and so we understand that, 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 that God isn't calling things in so many different directions that it's so difficult to understand. There is a basis to our faith, and from there all things emanate. And the fruits of the Spirit are, are, are a good way for us to process within ourselves, are we doing this right? Are we doing this the way that we should? Are we doing this accurately in His will? Glory to God. When you learn the fruits of the Spirit, you will learn the voice of the Spirit, because the voice of the Spirit will also only produce the fruits. Because, listen, when it says the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, it means what the Spirit produces, right? Remember? Whatever the tree produces, we know what the tree is. So whatever the... It didn't give us 50 things that the Spirit produces, does it? It gave us nine things. Made it real simple. This is what it is. This is the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't give you a hundred different ways. Like, there isn't a hundred ways to get to God. God always shows up within the context of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, is God bigger than the fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit? Certainly he is. I mean, he, certainly there's aspects of God that we will never know while we're here on this earth. But we don't have to worry about any of that because he gave us what we need to know. Praise God. Hallelujah. And remember that this isn't just, this isn't your fruit. In other words, this isn't things that you have to drum up. These aren't things that you have to make happen. These are his fruit. And so if you're living a spiritual life, which is his spirit activating and working in your spirit, then his fruit becomes your fruit. It's that simple. His fruit becomes your fruit. And so we can judge all things by the fruit. 
whatever the tree is producing. You know, I, I, I've gotten in discussions with my pastor. Sometimes I've asked him hard questions. Amen. And sometimes in those hard questions that I've asked him, he hasn't, he, he, he hasn't even had the full answer. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you know you haven't asked a good question yet until you stump the preacher. Right? That's just, just, just the way it is. Uh, when you ask, uh, you, you stump the preacher and you really make the preacher work and try to figure it out. But my pastor said this to me and some minister had said it to him and I think that it's always, it always bears repeating. It's something worthy of, uh, 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 of, our, uh, of our attention. And that's that. He said it basically always comes down to this. If the tree is good, the fruit will be good. Because I was asking about different spiritual manifestations and I didn't, you know, I had this happen in my life and, and what about this? And, you know, can we know about this? And, you know, asking him about myself and he said, Pastor Jeff, if the tree is good, the fruit will be good. Amen? I had to pass, pass her on that principle, at least out of the gate, to start with, because I, I was just like, I, I didn't know if I could do this. But there was people over me that said that the tree is good. What's been planted is good. What's been, har you know, what's been harvested from that is good. And so what you put into people will be good. Amen? Now, I have to maintain that and continue that and grow with that. But you understand, like, the, 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 these are basic, basic principles that we can actually have. You know, like, I, I, like I ask people, when people are like, how do I know, even know if something's God? You know, if, how do I know if this is right? You know, I'm so you're nervous. And really what the Lord showed me is that's being wishy-washy. That's being double-minded. Uh, you know, really what we have to do is we have to look at, Look at your life. Are you faithful to church? Are you faithful to the word? Are you faithful to seek God? Are you hungry for the Lord? Are you faithful to other people, other, your spouse or, or your friends? Are you, are you faithful to the people uh, you know, in your, uh, your congregation? Are you, you know what I mean? There's, and faithfulness can be measured in lots of different things. But are you faithful to fulfill the plan of God? Are you faithful to fulfill what the Bible says? You know what I mean? When the Bible says, do this or don't do that, do you, are you faithful to at least make that important in your life? Maybe you're not actively always good at it, but you're, but you're like, you know, I'm trying, God, I'm trying. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's good spiritual fruit because that means that, that coming out of you is good things. When you look at the Word and you say, you see, what, what happens, what's a problem is when Christians look at the Word and they ignore it because, you know what, I want to justify the wrong that I do. I want to justify the sin I do. So I'm going to flip over that, maybe read it at a later date, Right? Or, or the preachers, you know, or, or churches that churches that are good fruit are going to preach the word regardless of whether people always like it or not. One of the hard things about a church, especially if you want to grow a church, is to preach the word because when you start telling people the truth, they don't always like the truth. People don't always like to hear that they're wrong, but you need to hear you're wrong when you're wrong. Amen. Because I never changed to be better until I stopped doing what was wrong. It was when someone was, was bold enough to tell me I was wrong, I embraced the fact that I was wrong because the word says I was wrong. And so I made a change in my life or started to try to make change in my life. Glory to God. But see, these aren't hard things to do. It's not hard things to start on a course. Which, but it seems easier to ignore it all. Seems easier to, well, well you know, I'm not going to go to church or I'm going to go to church less because I don't like what the pastor preaches. Well, if you don't like because it's coming out of the word, then you better change your attitude because your attitude's wrong. Right. Amen? Right. Now, if I'm preaching something that's wrong, that's, that's a whole another topic of discussion. Yeah. But if I'm preaching out of the word, and I'm actually giving you what the word says, and the word, you know, you're trying to fight against this, you're fighting against the truth, well, glory to God. You know, you need to change something. Amen? You need to get it right. Now, 
Praise the Lord. We've gotten, you know, 45 minutes into the service. We can, we can change and switch gears and go into what we haven't done. Colossians 3. I don't think we're going to spend much time here, but uh, let's go ahead and turn there. Colossians 3.12. Now, I'm never, I don't pick certain scriptures to turn to and certain not to because they're not important. But these other ones we've already gone over a lot, but there's still more, you know, to be had. And I want to make sure, one of the things I want to make sure with this message, and, you know, all joking aside, all kidding aside, one of the things I want to make sure of with this message, and that's why I am taking time, and I really don't care how much time it takes me, but one of the reasons I'm taking so much time with this is because when we're done with this, I don't want there to be any doubt in someone's mind that goes to this church how to live a spiritual life. I don't want there to be any doubt because if you can judge these things for yourself, you're going to walk happier. You're going to walk in more victory. You're going to see more of God, uh, you know, manifestations. We're going to, and then we're going to see them in the church. Yeah. Amen? Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. And it says here, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What are we seeing here? The fruit of the Spirit. So the reason, you know, the Bible says, Let everything, every, everything be established by the mouth of two or three witnesses. You know, we have this, this, this rule in, amongst our circles, at least it's, it's something that we try to abide by. And that's it. If you can't find an example of the scripture a couple times, two or three times, then you can't really, uh, you can't really stand on it as doctrine. This is where a lot of people get into errors when they find some obscure scripture, some place, take it out of context, and then they keep that one scripture and they build a whole doctrine on it. You can't do that. The theme of scripture, the, the, that doesn't mean it's not important, that scripture, that standalone scripture, but it means you probably aren't understanding it correctly. The things that God wants us to understand, he puts in us over and 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 over. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we see this, uh, a couple witnesses here. Amen. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Verse 13, bearing with one another for, for forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Amen? And with that word, with that phrase, that last scripture there, we are now ready to enter into the fruits of the Spirit individually. Amen? Glory to God. And we are going to start talking about, uh, we are going to start talking about the first fruit, that is listed, and that is the fruit of love. Amen. We're going to learn all about love. We're going to get into love. I don't know if we'll finish it today. doesn't matter, because what do we have? Next week. Next week, but we have a whole year. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This, this may be a nine-year series for all I know. I don't know where we're going, but we're, we're going to get there. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, does anyone know, can anyone guess, does anyone have a thought where we might be turning here this morning? 1 Corinthians 13. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we are going to just, we are going to engulf this entire chapter. Amen. We're just going to the whole thing and we're going to see what it has to say. Praise the Lord. Again, and we might get through it today. We might get through it next year. I don't know, but we'll get through it. But I can tell you this. If, if we just focus on uh, this fruit of the Spirit, and perfected this fruit of the Spirit, guess what's going to happen? We're going to find all the others. 
All the others, I mean, it's not good. That doesn't mean we don't need to learn about all the others, but this is the most important thing. But in order to understand love, we have to understand of what love is. 1 Corinthians 13. Now, this is something I'm going to share with you. And um, this is something interesting. I just saw this. This came to me this morning. Praise the Lord. The context of the great love chapter. Are you ready for this? is within the church. It's within the church. You cannot apply everything here all the time outside the church. But it does work within the church. So folks, what do I mean by that? We're going to see some of that. The great love chapter, truly walking in love, we have to perfect amongst ourselves before we're going to be useful anywhere else. Amen? Praise the Lord. And we're going to see that as this goes on. As this, if, again, if we get through it or if we don't, we're going to see this. The love chapter specifically is written to the church. Amen? Now, certainly people outside the church can apply these principles to their life and they'll, they'll see effect to it. But the power of this is in and within the church. It's emanating from the church. It's, it, it's got to be within us. <clears throat> if you want a strong church... You build that church on love. If you want to show, do you know how the body of Christ was built? It's built on love. Everything that God did, he built on love. But it's not love is love, you know, like out there we see in the world. Love is whatever you want it to be, is, is really what they're saying. That's what it means. Love is love. That's what it means out there in the world. It means love is whatever you want it to be. They're saying love is love because that sounds good and everybody knows that love is right. And you know why everybody knows love is right? Because we have a God of love that created everything. He created everything in love, to love, for the purpose of love. And so God understands what love is and we should have an understanding of what love is at some point. But to see the world has manipulated it. The devil through the world has manipulated what love is and changed it into what it wanted to be. And so now they go around telling everybody, oh, love is love. Whatever you want love to be is love and that's not what love is yeah. glory to God and I know everything I just said the way I said it doesn't sound very much like love but love as we'll find out tells the truth and I'm telling you the truth and because I'm telling you the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth I'm telling you and speaking from a place of love glory to God now you know that I love you because I never talk to you like that outside of here or at least not mostly anyways, amen? But, 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 but you know, we, 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 uh, you, we have to understand that sometimes we need things, we, we got to have it. You know, the whole purpose of preaching, preaching is like a jackhammer. <laughs> Gets in there, you know, jackhammer. You know, they, they have all those windmills. I like the windmills. You might not like, like the windmills, but I like the windmills. I think they're cool. There's a lot of people out there that are in debate about this. Doesn't matter. I like them. You cannot like them. We can agree to disagree, Amen. But I just learned that all, a lot of these windmills up there, up there in the, in the, in the you know, where the windmills are, <laughs> that a good portion of them, they did core tests on the concrete bases, right? You know, the concrete bases are huge, uh, enormous. Like, uh, how big are they? 11 feet deep? Yeah. And how big were they? They're huge. They're 11 feet deep and they're a lot wider. So they're enormous. There's a lot of concrete. But they did a core test on them and they found out that, the, that it wasn't, it wasn't uh, done correctly. So they have to take down the windmills. There's air pockets. In them. They have to take down those huge, enormous windmills. 
and they have to disassemble them, lay them down, and then they have to get, that seems like the hard part because they're so huge, but that's not the hard part. They have 11 foot thick concrete that they have to remove. They have to jackhammer out, they have to get that out, glory to God, so that they can put in the right kind of foundation so they can put these windmills back up so they're safe, right? That's a huge thing, right? Glory to God. Well, well preaching is kind of like a jackhammer. It does the hard work to remove the, the garbage stuff, to get in there, break things up, so we can pour the right kind of foundation. Yeah. Amen? And so if you ever wonder about preaching, that's the purpose of it. You know, preaching, preaching, you know, preaching is, is undeniable. It's a fire, and it's a, ooh, and the pastor starts spitting and sputtering. I can't control it in. I can't keep my bodily fluids from flying out my face. It's just going everywhere. And, you know, we have the, the splash, the, the, what do we, they have the splash section, the splash zone here in the front row. Amen. Glory to God. So if you don't want to get wet, you sit farther back. Hallelujah, just in case pastor preaches, but that's what it's all about. The great love chapters within the church. Amen. Okay, amen. Verse 1, chapter 13. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Okay? So the first thing that we're seeing here, the first thing that's being set up for us is that, you know, because people think, okay, there's a lot of people, especially in our circles, that think that spiritual, uh, spiritualness comes from praying in tongues. Spiritualness does not come from praying in tongues. I've known a lot of people that pray in tongues that are unspiritual. Amen? I'm not saying everybody that does. It also doesn't say don't pray in tongues or speak in tongues or any of those things. It says, if I do, right, <clears throat> but uh, uh, of men or of angels, making a distinguishing point there, right, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So even though I'm doing something that looks spiritual on the surface, if it's not coming from a place of love, if I don't act in love, if I can't love people, if I can't be a loving person, yeah. according to the word of God, then all I am is making noise. Yeah. I'm unspiritual. Right. Amen? Amen? Look at this. And, and what's interesting about this section of scripture is it gives us the indication that you can operate in giftings Get spiritual giftings without a spiritual, uh, a good spiritual presence. In other words, you can do this from the wrong place. So people can be, as we're about to see, people can be prophesying, and, and, and so they have a gifting to prophesy. What does that mean? Well, we're not talking about that here today, but but they, they have a, a, a gifting to be able to prophesy, but they're not doing it from love. Let's just read it. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge. So he's talking about a great gift of prophecy here because he's like, if I've gone to not just, not just have the gift of prophecy where I can, I can know things that I shouldn't be able to know naturally, but now I have this gift and, 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 and I know all the mysteries. I have all the knowledge. Glory to God. See, that's amping it, ramping it up. Amen? So evidently it would be possible. And if I have faith, so is to remove mountains. So I have faith that I literally am speaking to mountains and they're rolling over and moving for me. That's great faith, right? Jesus talked about that. Amen? That's not a metaphorical faith. Jesus didn't metaphorically walk on water. He didn't metaphorically put the, the soldier's ear back on. 
He didn't metaphorically open the eyes of the blind or metaphorically uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. It all happened. It was real. And those things can still happen. Glory to God. Because the same God that was God back then is the same God that's a God today. And the reason the world isn't seeing that God is because by and large the church has forgotten all about the gifts of the Spirit and mo or the fruits of the Spirit and most importantly what the heck love is. We don't know how to love anymore. And how do you know that? Because a lot of churches, they get, all they want to do inside the church is fight. So what do you think they're taking to the world? The church is where we practice being Christians. The world is where we put to practice what we've learned. But people can't learn. They can't do it in here. How are they going to do it out there? People know the first thing about loving most churches. I'm just telling you the truth. It's been lost. When, when church was, when everybody grumbles because pastor takes up an offering because we want to do something. If you grumble at all at something, then go find a place where, you, where, where they won't test your faith. See, we, 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 we prove over and over and over we're not in this for money. We prove over and over and over that we're not in this to try to get something from you. I'm not trying to overuse our people. In fact, I don't use people the way that I should, the way that I'm entitled to, the way that I, I should even sometimes for their own sake because I won't burden people with things that I, don't, that, 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 that I wouldn't want to be burdened with. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But see, it should be a, it, these things should love should emanate from the inside of us. And I'm not saying we're not a loving church. We are a loving church. I think, uh, at least out of the family churches, I think we're the best. <laughs> Amen? None of the other family churches even want to hug you. You know what I mean? I, I purposely hug them. You know why? Because it always makes them feel a little bit, not like bad icky, but they feel like a little bit like, should we do this in church? You know? Like, ah, oh, come here, give me a hug. I'm a hugger. I know you're not. Now, if somebody was truly bothered by a hug, you know, like, a, like their space or something like that, I wouldn't do that. Obviously, I, I do learn boundaries. I don't do everything for the sake of making a point. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you know one thing that everybody has said to so many people have said to me? Oh, I knew they were from your church. <laughs> I knew they were from your church because they hugged me. They, just, they didn't just hug me. They wrapped their arms around me and told me they loved me. Just say, you know, and I was just like, they're from Mayville. I knew they were from Mayville. I was like, yeah. I was like, praise the Lord, that's how we roll. Glory to God. Glory to God, that's how we roll, because that's why that six-foot distancing stuff, I knew it couldn't last. I was like, it can't last around here because we've got to hug somebody, amen? Amen, hallelujah. In fact, we had so much love in this church, sometimes we have to be, tell people to relax a little bit, you know what I mean? It's happened, glory to God. We'll do it again if we have to, but I'd rather overlove than underlove, Amen. Praise Jesus. Well, that's an expression of love, one expression of love. Love isn't always hugging, but, uh, you know, you know, because you can hug people for the wrong reasons, too. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, where are we? We're, we're in love. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about love. I'm just eating that time away, ain't I? Uh, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge and I have uh, all faith as always to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. Nothing. So look at all, listen, you offered your body to be burned. In other words, you allowed yourself to be sacrificed for the work of God. But you can do that without love and be nothing. Do you know, there's people in this world. 
There's people in this world that not too long ago, of course, this is still in my memory, a lot of the young people don't barely remember. They remember it like I, uh, it was for me when I was talking to my, my parents or grandparents about things that happened in their lifetime, but when the World Trade Centers were crashed into. Do you know the, 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 the men that, that, that flew those planes and killed all those people thought that they were doing it in God's service? Do you know that there's people all over the, the there, 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 there's a huge portions of this world that, they, that, that are religious and they do things, they kill each other, they strap bombs to themselves, they kill babies and they do these things thinking they're offering service to God. There's people that are that convinced of it. See, if they have love, they're nothing. Love doesn't destroy other people like that. Love looks for a way to help. Love looks for a way to, you know, to better, to increase glory to God. Now, that doesn't mean that love can't ever go to war. There is times where war is undeniable because sometimes love, the very act of love, will force you into fighting, right? Because there's times, as a husband, as a father, I can tell you right now, you attack one of my family members as a son, praise the Lord. You attack one of my family members, you're not going to think I'm someone who's walking in love you're going to see a very different side of me. And why is that? Because, I'm, uh, because, uh, because love will drive me to protect as well. Yeah. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it will drive you to protect as well. Uh, uh, so there, there is uh, uh, times like that. But if, if we've done all these things, and, and, and we, we, we haven't, uh, but we do them without love, what does it mean? It means absolutely nothing. You know, there's some families that are like that. They're like, you know, like they'll, they'll, they'll be nasty and horrible to each other. But then if somebody comes in from the outside and is nasty, I knew a family like this. Uh, they were nasty and horrible to each other. But if somebody out on the outside dare say anything, well, then they all attack them. But see, that's still without love because you're being nasty and horrible to each other. You know what I mean? You're breaking apart from within and you can't do that either. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's see. I know I'm at the end, but I got to see how far I want to... Um, yeah, I, I want to get to a, this, maybe this next verse, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump off here. No, maybe the next two verses. Lo- love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous, and does not brag. <clears throat> love does not brag and is not arrogant. <clears throat> we could focus there for a long time, couldn't we? But those things don't even need to be explained, because you can look at those and completely understand it. Yeah. Amen? Spend your time, when, you, when, you, when you're saying, oh, my interaction, that's what this is all about. Actually, verses 4 through 8 is all about interact, how love interacts yeah. with one another. Yeah. So this is how love interacts with one another. So that's all verses 4 through 8 is not just what love feels like, but it's how it acts. Amen? Yeah. So think about that. Um, it does not act unbecomingly. Now that word unbecomingly uh, means rudely. Yeah. Right? Yes. So, so love isn't rude. That's why I said to my wife this morning, I was like, I'm sorry I acted rudely. <laughs> well, as I see, I didn't need a great dissertation on, on, on why I acted or that I acted, but the fact is I did. <laughs> and so I didn't need to justify it even, I just needed to apologize. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what love does. Love is like, oh, I was rude. I'm sorry I was rude. Right? And so the action that I took was, I was rude, so I'm going to correct being rude by saying I'm sorry. Amen? Now, I don't always say, see that. I don't always say that, but I try my heart. 
And that's what her heart is towards me. Your heart should be towards me and mine is towards you and vice versa, back and forth. This is why we can, we, we, we can deal with each other, right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. It does not seek its own. In other words, it yields to others. You know, uh, love doesn't just have to have what it wants, but it's willing to yield. Like, I, I'll yield. You know why I yield? I yield out of love. Why do I do this? I do it out of love. Why do, I, why do I consecrate myself before the Lord? Because I do it out of love. I don't want my own way. I want his way. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, does not see, is not provoked. Uh, does not take into account a wrong suffered. That's a big one. To take into account, another way you could say it is like this, is, is having the like force and weight. In other words, you ain't going to respond out of love. And again, remember, this is most importantly, the, 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 the context of this is within the church. Yeah. Uh, because I love you and you said something dumb to me, doesn't mean I'm going to respond in kind with the same force, the same weight. Right. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You want help in your home life? Start, start putting these things to practice because they work in the church, but they also, they also work in your home. Yeah. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm not going to respond in kind. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes and seeing. In other words, it's not going to, uh, to, to say that it won't take into account wrong suffered. It also means it won't make a decision based on what has happened. And this is so important, and this is something I really wanted to get to here. Love won't make a decision based on what has happened to it. It will make the decision based on what is right. Yeah. In other words, you could say something to me that is completely wrong, that is completely, uh, completely not right at all. But because I love and want to walk in love toward you, I'm not going to make my decision based on what you said. I'm making my decision based on what love would do. Sometimes love forgets about it. Sometimes love says, you know what? Maybe they were just having a bad day. Maybe they were just worked up. Sometimes, you know, maybe they're under a lot of pressure. Maybe, maybe they just didn't know, whatever. Sometimes love just doesn't. Sometimes just love turns the other cheek. Yeah. Amen? And so you won't, like, yeah, let's see here. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Um, can I have five more minutes? Because I really don't, but I want to I say these last few things because they're here. And I may say them again, but I want to say them now. Um, so so uh, it, it doesn't, uh, it's not going to act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. In other words, it's, again, it's going to respond differently than how it was, what was given to it. Um, verse 6, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth. Unrighteousness is, is, is a simple way of saying unrighteousness is, is just saying things that aren't right. God, according to God, it doesn't really matter what you think is right or wrong. It matters what God does because what we do can be subjective, can be, you know, it, it, it can change depending on the day, the weather, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, praise the Lord. I, I love the snow until I was in the sunshine. And I'm like, no, I like the sunshine better. Amen? 
But then I get back to the snow. I'm like, well, I don't have the sunshine anymore, so I love the snow. That's subjective, you know, like I'll love wherever I'm at. Amen. Uh, but, uh, uh, the, uh, but praise the Lord. Um, uh, the, yeah, righteousness is what's right or unrighteousness is what's not right. Rejoices with the truth means it, it just, whatever's truth, that's what I want. And this, this is where I really want to get to. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Praise the Lord. Um, let's see, where do I wrote? I know I wrote it down. Yeah, yeah. Another way of saying this, uh, the, this last verse, verse 7, is like this. It builds up and strengthens in everything. So that's what love does. Love, love seeks to build up and strengthen. You see, these are the fruits of the Spirit, right? We're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. We are only in one of them. Yeah. Hallelujah. See why Jesus said, if you focus on love, you fulfill it all. Builds up and strengthens everything. That's what love does. So my, my love for you will look at your life and say, how can I add to your life? Yeah. Not how can I take away from it? Right. How can I increase you? How can I make your life better? Amen. Praise the Lord. And of course, you apply that to so many things. You don't need my help. In, in, just use your imagination what that can apply to. It has to be in the context of righteousness, but amen. <clears throat> it, uh, so it builds up and strengthens in everything. It believes the best in others. That's what believes all things means. It believes the best in others. And it lives with the expectation of good. Patiently endures and all the time trusting God. This is, this is another way you could say this. So, so verse 7, another way you could read it is build up and strengthens in everything, believes the best in others, lives with expectation of good, patiently endures trusting God. Amen? <clears throat> That's a mouthful, but that'll keep you going. Now, I want to read to you. I read this commentary on, on Believes All Things, and I really want to share with this, this to you because this is at the heart, I think, of all things. It says, uh, this, this commentary said this, to believe all things means that we give others the benefit of the doubt. This is a great place to stop, by the way. It means that we give others the benefit of the doubt. It means that we expect the best. It means that we are able to overlook the offenses and the failures of others. It means that we believe that over time, we can commit ourselves to one another. This is the heart of a local church, brothers and sisters. Amen. Believing all things means that we are willing to trust one another. Wow. Failing to believe all things is ultimately an offense against God. Now, you see why you can't just apply this to everybody in the world. Because you can't say, well, I can believe the best of others because out there in the world you can't really do that. And that's what I was talking about when I was saying all these things. Is you can't believe the best of others. I mean, you can try to, to a degree, but you know that there's a place where that's... You can't just go out in the world blindly trusting everybody that's dumb, right? But in the church, I'm talking about. So this is going to take faith. It's going to take your faith, and it's going to take my faith. And it's going to take us bringing that faith and that desire for God's love to be, to be grown and to be perpetuated in our midst. It's going to take our faith and our desire for these things to work together to make these things actually happen. Yeah. 
We have to start looking at one another through the, 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 the lens and the eyes of love that when I come here, I'm not just coming here for me, but I'm coming here for you. You come here for me, that we come to build each other up. We come to be the body of Christ in love to accomplish what God has, that we don't just take time away because, oh, we're just busy doing this or busy doing that. I'm not saying taking time to have, you know, rest and stuff like that. We need to have times where we go away and we rest, but what I'm saying is we come back together with love, with expectation, with hunger and desire. You want to know why the church doesn't see the power that the early church saw? Because the church today doesn't know anything about love the way the early church loved. They gave their lives for one another. They died for one another. Would you die for me? Would you take the person in here that you don't like the most? Would you lay your life down and die for them? Would you give it all? See, a lot of people won't die to themselves in the most basic things just to give to a brother or sister in Christ. And I'm not talking about, oh, you got to give everybody your money or you got to do all this or you, you got to be used the church doormat. That's not what I'm talking about. But this idea of coming together in love yeah. to perpetuate love, the power of God is only found in a place where God's love is first and foremost where God's love is prominent, where people look and say, you know, and you understand the callings in the heart of a pastor, why we, why we plead with people, why we preach the word, and why we stir these things. Because we want people to find the things that God has for them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me finish just this commentary. It is an ultimate, ultimate offense against God to doubt his people is to doubt the sanctifying power of God. In other words, when I doubt you, what that means is I look at God and say, I don't really truly believe that you can clean their life up. When you doubt me, you don't really, really truly believe that God can fix me. See what I mean? See how serious it is? When we look at each other and we're like, yeah, I don't know if that brother or sister will ever do anything for God. What we're doing is saying, yeah, God can't. I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Praise the Lord. I'm not standing here as somebody who's like, oh, I got this. You don't. No, it's just the truth. Amen. We have to look at each other with expectation. God's going to do something great in you. He's going to do something big in you. Praise the Lord. Why do we not look at each other and go, listen, like God's got you here because he wants to do something big in you and he's God. And if you allow him and I'll allow him, he'll be God in our midst. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It don't matter where you came from. It don't matter what your background is. So that's the great thing about God. He doesn't, he doesn't, there's no qualifications to get here. You can't be qualified to get here. You didn't deserve it. You still don't deserve it. You won't deserve it 100 years from now. If you do all the best things in life from now until eternity, you still will never deserve the place in God's presence. But you know what? God has made a place for you. Hallelujah. He's made a place for you. Glory to God. Amen. When we doubt his people, we are doubting him. This is not something I wrote. This is something someone else wrote, but I thought it was real good. We doubt the power and the plan of God to conform each of us into the image of Christ. We question his work, because that's what his work is. His work is transforming power, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We question his work. We think of him as one who begins and then forgets. Man, that'll change the way you look at your brother or sister in Christ, won't it? Man, you, you, you ain't going to be so quick to call them an idiot even behind their back. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. You're going to start thinking about it. Like, man, man, 
What is God going to do? Why did he bring them here? Because if he brought them here, that must mean, because if he brought them here, you know, it was like they weren't smart. You know, you know this about them. They weren't smart enough to get here on their own. None of us were. We weren't smart enough to make our way in the wilderness and just, get, you know, get to the good place. We all stumbled on it like everybody else did. We thought we did, but we were led by the Holy Spirit. We were brought in by the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I think that's a place I have to stop because if I keep going, we're going to just preach next week's message, but uh, we wouldn't want to do that. Glory to God. But brothers and sisters, love, love. Let's get into it. Saturate ourselves with what it means. Lives will be so much more full when they are. Amen? Father, we praise you. We thank you. We worship you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We thank you, Lord, for pouring out upon us. Lord, we're so thankful. You, like this, Lord, you look at this. You look at this. You told us to walk in this love, but Lord, 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 you walk in this towards us. You think the best of us. Hallelujah. Lord, you didn't look at us and you saw what we were, what we were or what we are even. You look at us and you see what we could be. You love us, you love us, you love us. Thank you, Lord God. I want to stress that to you here today. If you sat through this message, you endured through the extra 15 minutes or 10 minutes. You endured, you endured. But know this, that all of these things that God requires from us, he actively participates in. Hallelujah. And when the, the creator of everything looks down on us in love, in true love, even just what we've heard today, when he looks down on us in love, you don't think he's able to make something of this mess that we call our lives? Father, we praise you and glorify you. We thank you for your goodness and your love. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Our Father, we know you're doing great things in this place. Help us to understand how to get it out there. Father, we praise you, we glorify you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together.